Brother Manor, appreciate him, appreciate his ministry. God bless you, brother. You love the Lord tonight. Amen. Take just a little bit of bass off of it. I want to just talk to you for just a few minutes before I get into the Word. Tell you some things God has showed me and revealed to me that I've already seen come to pass. Uh, it was back in the late 80s, I think it was 89. I was in a time of fasting, seeking the Lord, and I didn't have the wisdom that I have now, but I'd gone way over 40 days and was really at a place that if God didn't do something for me or visit me, I could have very easily died. I mean, physically. Uh, I got to the place I couldn't even drink water. And I went up to a house in South Carolina and just shut myself in. And the Lord visited me. And His Spirit come in and stayed with me three days. And it really changed my life. And it put this miracle and deliverance in my life. That God works when people believe Him. But in that time, it was in the fall of 89, I saw what we now know was the first war with Iran that was in 90 or 91. I saw that. I saw terrorist attacks start happening in this country. And all through the 90s, I warned people that the way the bombings and everything was over in these other countries in Israel, and they were, I said they're coming to America. We saw that just a couple weeks ago. And it's just the beginning of it, children. It's just the beginning of it. And uh, on up through the 90s, I warned people these things was coming. And in 98, I had a tent meeting in Collinsville, Alabama. And the Lord showed me three things that's going to happen. I told them as a sign I was there. I saw Bob Hope die. I saw Johnny Cash die. And I saw the Pope die. And I named them in that order. And they happened in the exact order I told people. That same meeting, I told people, I said, there's fixing to be a drastic crash in NASCAR. And in 2000, Dale Earnhardt got killed. I mean, just one sign right after the other. God began to bring them to pass. And that same meeting right there, I told the people, I said, the most famous politician in Alabama is fixing to take his last breath. And I stayed on the tent that night to pray, and about 10.30, a man come back, and he walked up to me. He said, who was you talking about when you said one of the most famous politicians in Alabama is fixing to die? I said, George Wallace. He said, I looked at my watch. He said, when you spoke it, he said, it was 20 minutes to 10. He said, and at, at, at a little after 10, he said, George Wallace took his last breath just on the news he died. I said, God confirms His Word. God confirms His Word. It was this day, two years ago, April the 27th, that all the tornadoes hit Alabama and hit the southeast. I'm pretty sure my date's right. I'm pretty sure it was the 27th of 2011. But a month before that meeting, God spoke out of His Word to me out of the book of Esther. And He told me, he said that the devil was going to try to destroy God's people. And he told me to call a time of fasting and prayer at the church, Sister Susie. And we went in that time of fasting and prayer the last week of April. And we were four days into that meeting when those tornadoes hit. And the Lord spoke to me and said, If you had not 
sought me in prayer and fasting. He said that tornado hit six miles from our town, killed over 33 people. He said it would have wiped Fort Payne, Alabama off the map. He said because you hearkened to my voice and sought me, he said I turned that thing. He said I turned it. Are you listening to what I'm telling you? In May of 2000, I saw, in 2001, I'm sorry, I saw something that was going to happen. I stood up and told the people, I said, something's going to happen that's going to shake things from the mayor's house to the White House. And later on, I was standing in the church, and I heard the voice of President Franklin Delano Roosevelt speak in my ear and say, this day shall live in infamy. So Susie, you might have been there. I don't even remember. Was you there? And I told the people, I said, there's fixing to be an attack on American soil. I said, like Pearl Harbor, they've never been this many people killed. I said, it's fixing to happen. And on September the 11th, y'all know what happened. But in, August, in October of 2000, I was praying. And they hadn't even had the presidential election yet. And I saw George W. Bush on his knees on the presidential seal in the Oval Office crying out for God to have mercy on this nation and give him the wisdom what to do. And God spoke to me, said this nation's fixing to go through calamity. Fixing to go through calamity. He said, better put the right man in office. He said, because it's going to take somebody to lead this nation through the calamity. It's fixing to hit it. Y'all know we are hit. Well, what I'm telling you tonight, we ain't been hit the way we're fixing to get hit. We ain't been hit the way we're fixing to get hit. There's a newsletter hanging on that wall back there. Some of you got it in the mail. Some of you may still have it, but in that newsletter right there from 2009, I told people, I said, there's something fixing to happen in America. I've seen two terrorist attacks in 2009. I said, going to kill into the thousands. I'm talking about into the thousands. Y'all listen to what I'm telling you. And then I'm going to get into the Word. I felt led of the Lord to tell you this. On April the 4th in our church, the Lord spoke of probably a 20 or 30 minute prophecy. And God called people God spoke in that prophecy specifically where we're in a meeting of prayer and fasting asking God for direction for our lives, for the ministry, for the church. God spoke in that prophecy, Brother Reeves, and He said for the next seven months, He said, I want my people in prayer and fasting as often as they can. He said, go into shut-ins in your churches, go into shut-ins in your homes. He said, seek my face, cry out to me, and he said, at the end of that seven months, I'm going to visit like you've never been visited. He said, there's a power of deliverance. There's an outpour of my spirit coming. I believe God. But the Lord also started putting in my spirit just a few days ago that when this seven months is over, something can hit this nation. I mean, it's going to hit it hard. It's going to hit it bad. And people got to be ready. People got to be ready. Y'all hear me? People got to be ready. I told people back in 2009... I said, you better put you back enough water and you better put you back enough non-perishable food to last you three or four months. Did you know that's how some of my people made it through the tornadoes? Because right. I'm going to tell you something. When it hit where we was, you couldn't buy gas. You couldn't buy food. You hear me? Didn't matter how much money you had. All the power was down. Gas pumps wouldn't work. Cash registers wouldn't work. Everything was shut down everywhere we were. You couldn't buy nothing. And it only lasted about four or five days. But you imagine something hit this nation hard enough 
to knock our financial systems out for a month or two months at a time. You can't go to the grocery store. You can't buy gas. You can't do the things you used to do. It. You say these things won't ever happen in this country. You better listen. You better listen because I'm telling you, the things I've told you, I've seen them come to pass. God already spoke things and He's brought them to pass to confirm this word. When I was right down here under the tent up here in Jasper, I told y'all I seen a storm. I seen something rise up out of the Atlantic Ocean like a monster. And when that storm Sandy come up out of the Atlantic Ocean, they called it a monster storm. They named it Frankenstorm. And the exact place that thing turned and went inland is the exact same place I seen that thing rise up over a year before it happened. I told y'all it was going to happen as a sign to this word. God has worked miracles. He delivered under that tent. He healed. He set people free as a sign to this word. Children of God, if you've ever listened to somebody, listen to me tonight. Listen to me tonight. You start going to the grocery store, you start getting you just a, a few canned goods, non-perishable. You get you something that's non-perishable. You start putting you back some water. But you, more than anything else, you let the spirit of prayer get a hold of your heart. You let the spirit of prayer and fasting. God is bringing in the spirit of prayer and fasting. I ain't been able to hardly fast for several years now, and I've always been a man of fasting. For the last two months... God's put me in two 14-day fasts each month. God's put me in. As the month started, God's put me in 14-day fast twice. And it's changing things in me. It's changing my spirit of prayer. It's changing my hunger for the Word. It's changing how God's talking to me. And I'm fixing to preach a Word that if you will take this Word, this Word I'm preaching tonight, can and will, if you'll apply it to your life, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. Something's happening in our church, ain't it, Brother Dog? There's a spirit of prayer taking hold of our church. I mean, you think there's a spirit of prayer before? There's a spirit of prayer taking hold of people now like I ain't never seen. Sister Kathy is there. You felt it. She heard these prophecies. And every time God spoke these prophecies, He said, you better get ready. Calamity's coming to America. God's trying to get His people ready. Because I'm going to tell you something. Without the Spirit of God, we ain't going to be able to stand. Without the Spirit of Christ becoming the center of our lives, you ain't going to be able to stand, children. Because I'm going to tell you, when everything shuts down, you can't buy gas, you can't buy food, you ain't got no jobs, you don't know where to go, what to do, you ain't got the peace of God in your heart and life, and you ain't dependent on the Lord, you're going to stir crazy. Amen. Well, I got all my stuff stored up. I got canned goods, I got this and that. Yeah, what if you have to leave your home? Come on, Come on. What if something happens, you have to leave your home? Well, something happens, you got to run. And people out there in West Texas had to leave their homes. Yeah. Right. You know, they had to leave their homes in a heartbeat. They got a evacuation order, but they had to pick up and go. And a lot of them, their homes got leveled. Y'all hear me? You don't never know what God's going to do. But I can tell you this, God's going to get America's attention one way or the other. Amen. He's going to get her attention one way or the other. And I've come to preach this word tonight. The Lord spoke to me about this date right here over two months ago. And I told Brother Brother Thomas, you want to know when I come back to Victor Hall? I told him, I said, I'll let you know. And I was praying, the Lord spoke to me. He said, you go back on April 27th. Why God put me here tonight, I have no idea. But I'm telling you, something's going to happen. Spiritually, something's going to happen naturally. And 
We're not prepared for it spiritually, and then we're not prepared for it naturally. And God has gathered you people here together tonight. Ain't nobody here by accident. God wants you to hear what His Spirit's going to speak. Now, I contacted a lot of people. I said, it's going to be a very important service. I said, if you ever come to the house of God to listen, you better come listen. Because God wants to help us. Would you open your Bibles with me to 1 Kings, the 18th chapter? And I'm just going to follow the leadership of the Holy Ghost. If I say something that inspires your soul, shout. If I say something that steps on your toes, shout. If I say something that makes you mad, shout and praise God. Because I'm not here to please your flesh. Amen. People want to go to church now, they want the preacher to say everything to make them happy, make them feel good. And the preacher says anything they don't like, and then we'll go home and talk about him and make fun of him and get upset at him. Well, I can give you plain reason to get upset with me because I'm not in a popularity contest. <laughs> Hadn't been in 41 years and ain't in one tonight. Do I love people? Yeah. But I'm going to tell you something. you got to love people. Preach the kind of word I have to preach sometimes. Amen. Amen. Right. Sometimes you got to love your kids to spank them. Right. Is that right? Amen. you got to love your kids to spank them. I'm real glad to see Brother Paul Baker here tonight. When his daughter Randy called me that morning, I said, yeah, I missed her call. I called her right back. As soon as I got the message, I said, what's the matter? She said, Daddy's non-responsive. I said, I'm going to prayer right now. And all I could pray was, God, have mercy. Give him another chance. Don't let him die lost. Don't let him die lost. Don't let him die lost. Give him another chance. Father, have mercy. And I know there was many people praying. But I'm going to tell you, it's just the mercies of God, Brother Paul, you're here tonight. You know that. You take this word and you apply it to your life. As I remember ministering to you at Brother Patterson's about four years ago. And I told you then you was living on borrowed time. You remember that? I knew then that... But I thank God for His mercy. Amen. 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 Are y'all with me? In First Kings 18. You see which scriptures I got marked. Verse 29. You there with me? It came to pass when midday was past. They prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. There was neither voice, nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. From Second Chronicles 15. We'll tell you, the Lord's in this place tonight. Yeah. I feel the Spirit strong, 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 strong. Yeah. Feel Him strong. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I don't care if you don't like me. I don't care if you don't like the way I stand, the way I preach, the way I look, the way I dress. If you've ever listened to a preacher, and you've ever got a hold of a prophecy, you need to get hold of that prophecy from the 4th of April. There's another one she fixed to post on the 14th of April that came forth and... You need to listen to these. I had a lady come up to me. I just come out of a meeting uh, where we gathered about 400 youth together. And a lady come up to me that was just in this April meeting. She was there the night I spoke this. 
And she come up to me. She said, Brother Miller, I've listened to that prophecy about five times. She said, that ain't just a prophecy. She said, that's prophetic. She said, something's going to happen. Seven or six or seven people come up to me from that meeting and said, we've listened to that prophecy about four or five times. Said, something's fixing to happen. I said, you better believe it is. And I said, God's trying to wake people up. Let me tell you something. Just good church. I love to praise God. I love to sing. I love to shout. But God's people need something more than good church. Amen. God's people need something more than good church. You hear me? There's got to be something to get a hold of people's hearts that's going to turn them back to seeking God. From uh, 2 Chronicles 15. I'm starting at the first verse. I'm going to read several verses. The Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. He went out to meet Asa, and he said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah, and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you, but if you will forsake him, he will forsake you. Now for a long season Israel had been without the true God, and without a teaching priest, and without law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in, but great vexation were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. Nation was destroyed of nation and city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. And when Asa heard these words in the prophecy of Obed the prophet, he took courage and he put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. Will you go with me to the book of Jeremiah, the sixth chapter? I'm going to read this and then we'll talk to you a few minutes. Everybody with me in Jeremiah the 6th chapter? You need your Bibles, children. You don't ever need to come to the house of God without your Bibles. Because you need to know that the Word's being preached to you. Jeremiah 6, 16. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein. Ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. Also I set watchmen over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. Would you bow your heads and go to prayer with me? Father, in the holy name of Jesus, I thank you for your goodness, your mercy, the overshadowed of the Holy Ghost. Lord, if you've ever given us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking unto the church, let it be so this night, God, that you open our spiritual eyes and stop our spiritual ears. God, and you take this spirit of grossness off of our hearts. And let us hear and see and understand what you're speaking to us. We'll give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight 
on here the watchman's cry. Way back in the 80's the Lord spoke to me out of the book of Ezekiel 33 and He said I have set you a watchman over my people. He said when I speak to you He said and you warn people He said the calamity is coming. He said and they don't Pay heed to you. He said they're going to die in their iniquity. There are times I just preach when God inspires my spirit. This is not just a message. This is the word of the Lord to God's people at this time. I'm a watchman. You hear me? I have received a warning from the Lord. Calamity ceasing to hit. And what God is calling His people to do is come back to prayer. When Elijah went to God's people and stood up, he stood up against 850 prophets. Stood up against 400. They needed Jezebel's table and 450 out of the groves that served Baal. Stood up against them. One man stood up against them. Met him and said, let the God that answers by fire be God. You know why they agreed to that? Because they'd been calling fire down with their witchcrafts and with their sorceries. But when they got in the presence of a real God, their witchcraft and sorceries wouldn't work. Elijah let them pray and prophesy and they danced and praised their gods and they cut themselves and they screamed and they hollered and Elijah just stood there and goaded them. Said, Pray a little louder. Maybe your God's asleep or maybe He's on a far journey. Pre-invention, you're going to have to get His attention. And Elijah just mocked them and made fun of them. All the way down to the time of the evening sacrifice, nothing had happened. And he, he called the people. He said, come here. He said, come here. All the people gathered to Him. He said, if God be God... It served God. He said, if Baal be God, it served Baal. And he built him an altar. Dug him a big old ditch around it. Laid everything in place on the altar and have him pour water over it. Till it run down and they were in the middle of a drought. Middle of a famine. Three and a half years it hadn't rained. All the animals was dying. Everything was dying. They had no crops. And he had them pour water over that sacrifice until they went out and filled that ditch and run out over that ditch. They just soaked it with water. Elijah said, Let the God that answers by fire be God. He got out on his knees and he started crying out to God. And when he did, fire come down out of heaven. Consumed the sacrifice, consumed the altar, and licked the water up out of the trenches and dried it up. But you know what Elijah done? The first thing he done, the Bible said he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. I'm here to tell you tonight the altar of God is broken down. I'm not talking about the altars in our churches. I'm talking about the altars in our homes. The altars of God in our homes are broken down. People got entertainment centers. They got television sets. They got CD players, DVD players. They got cable packed into their house. They can watch any kind of field perversion or evil, but 
they do not have a family altar. Uh, it's time to turn and rebuild uh, the altar of the Lord. I'm talking about in your home. Uh, in your home. In your home. Uh, in your home. I ain't talking about a physical altar. Uh, if you want to do that, that's good. Uh, I'm talking about a daily time of prayer uh, and dedication uh, with the family. People want God to move, but everything's out of order. I started preaching this way over a year ago, and it seemed like the Lord just pulled me back. But the Lord told me over a year ago, He said, praise and worship starts in the home. He said, if you don't have it in the home, you can't bring it to the house of God. People come to the house of God and wonder why nothing happens. Wonder why nothing moves. Why? You come out of your home, you claim it to be Christians. Claim it to be full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. And when you come to the house of God, you bring spirits. You bring hatred, envy, strife, perversion, and evil. That you fill your hearts and your minds with. All anything you want to do into the house of God and stand up and shout and praise uh, the Holy God with filth in your heart. Uh, no, sir, God's drawing the line. Uh, you hear me? God's drawing the line. Uh, it's time to turn back uh, to God uh, and it's time to rebuild uh, the family altar. So, Brother Matty, you just don't know what you're preaching. Oh, yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, I do. Because people sitting right here, you name the name of Jesus. You go to the house of God, you pray, you shout, you talk in tongues, there's time God anoints you and uses you, but there ain't nothing in your home. You're afraid to get on your knees and pray with your sons and daughters. You're afraid what they'll think about you. You're afraid to talk to your kids, especially your teenagers, about the things of God. Afraid that they won't hear you. Let me tell you something. Young people are looking for something. People are looking for something. And I challenge you tonight in the name of Jesus to leave this place tonight and go to your home and rebuild the family altar. Rebuild the family altar every night. You make up your mind. You're going to have a season of prayer with your husband, with your wife, with your sons, with your daughters. If you ain't got none of that, get you a neighbor. But get God in your home. You know why people can't make it? You know why the devil's always getting people? Nobody will pay any attention to me when I tell them you got to pray daily. Oh, brother, that's a good man. He loves God, but I ain't got time to pray daily. Yeah, you do. You just got to take time. Got to make time. Oh, I'm too busy doing this. I'm too busy doing You know, there's people get so caught up in ministry. There's people get so caught up in ministering to this and in that and in going here and going there, they lose their own dedication. I'm telling you, by experience, if it hadn't been for God's mercy, I'd have lost my own kids. You know why? I made the mistake I'm telling you not to make. I made the mistake I'm telling you not to make. I knew how to pray, but my kids didn't. I thought because I knew how to pray, my kids knew how to pray. I thought because I took my kids to church 
and they knew the Word. They was preached the Word. I thought because they was in church, they knew how to pray. They knew how to serve God. They knew how to walk with God. And then a couple of years ago, my son's been saved four years this month. And a couple of years ago, my son come to me and he said, Daddy, he said, if you'd have taught me to pray, cut my heart, rip me wide open. My God, I broke and bowled like a baby. He said, Daddy, if you'd have taught me to pray. He said, I think I could have made it, but when I didn't know how to pray, he said, I didn't know how to cope with the pressure. He said, I didn't know how to cope with you falling off the roof and busting your back up. I knew you was a man of God. I knew you was a man of prayer. You knew how to pray, but I could not figure out why. The God you serve would allow you to go through such sorrow and such upsetness, Daddy. And he said this. He said, the Lord spoke to him the other night. He said, when a trial hits a family, he said, it hits everybody in the family. He said, that trial might have just been for you, Daddy. But it affected me. It affected my sisters. It affected Mama. So that trial affected everybody. You and Mama knew how to pray. But we didn't know how to pray. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know what was happening. I'm telling you tonight, go home and renew the altar. And teach your kids to pray. Teach your kids how to serve God. And walk with God. Don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. My boy knew God was real. Right up there behind your old house, Sister Susie, where y'all had that brush armor. Yes, sir. God slayed him one night and he lay down on the ground for 30, 45 minutes. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. But I didn't teach him to pray. I didn't teach him to pray. You know why I didn't teach him? One day I was too busy trying to win everybody else to the Lord. I was too busy going here and going there. Took him with me a lot of times. God touched his life many times. But when tragedy hit him, when calamity hit the family, when lightning hit our house on May the 2nd, 2003, 10 years ago, be just a couple, uh, just about a week from now, 10 years ago, he didn't know how to pray. My girls didn't know how to pray. Is that God's fault? It's my fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. And step grandkids and grandkids you got in your house, teach them to pray. It's never too early. I don't know how many you got kids at home. If you if your kids are grown, get your grandkids. Teach them to pray. Teach them to serve God. You hear me? The thing we gotta do from right here. Is go back and rebuild the altar of God in the home. If the home don't get restored, you won't never do nothing with the church. People will shout, they'll talk in tongues, they'll jump all around. They'll feel the goodness and the glory of God. There'll be some healings and deliverance. But if people don't get founded on a foundation of prayer and seeking God, all they're going to do is go through what the church has been through for the last 40 years. It's feel good religion. And now the church has turned the entertainment to feel good. People don't know how to fight. They don't know how to roar. They don't know how to buckle down and go through a trial and a battle. And every time somebody gets in trouble, they're calling somebody and saying, pray for me. You know why? They don't know how to pray for themselves. I told people to pray. 
Everybody but my own kids. Y'all hear me? I ain't being funny. You know me as a man of prayer. Ever since you know me is what, eight, nine years old. First come to Dalton, Georgia in 77. Preached my first four or five day revival there. 1977 is when I really got to know this young lady had visited sometime. Brother Richie was there. Young lady right there was there, Sister Brandy. Somewhere in there. I taught people to pray. But I never taught my own kids to pray. That's my fault. That's my fault. That's my responsibility. It ain't God's. God didn't have any kids. I have them. Y'all hear me? The Bible says, train up a child. Do what? Train up a child. And the way she go. It didn't say take them to church and turn them loose. It said train them. You gotta train your kids to pray. You gotta train your kids to keep the word of God. Boy, let them do something wrong in the natural. We'll blister that backside. We'll stand them in the corner. We'll take away their video games, their laptops, their cell phones. We'll find some way to punish them. Over natural things. But we let them disrespect and disregard the word in the house of God. And we laugh it off. I don't care if they're kids or grandkids. You hear me? I don't care if they're kids or grandkids. You don't like this? You didn't come to hear this? All I can tell you is ain't nobody got you tied in the seat and the door's open. Because when this kind of word comes on me, I don't care what you think of me. Do I love people? Yes, sir. I don't care what you think about me. God told me to preach this word tonight and to tell people to go home and build them a family altar. You're not going to make it. Your kids ain't going to make it. You look around. You know preachers. You know families that was raised in church and their kids are drug addicts and alcoholics. Their grandkids are going down the same road. And now everywhere you turn, our kids and our grandkids and even people that used to serve God, they're now adulterers and fornicators and lesbians and homosexuals. What has happened? An unclean spirit has taken hold of this nation and this generation. You know, we'll, we'll just go to, we just get all upset because uh, somebody says they're gay or homosexual uh, or lesbian, but my God, uh, let me tell you something. Uh, adulterers and fornicators are just as bad. Uh, are you hearing me? Adultery and fornication uh, is just as big a sin as homosexuality. Uh, it's all evil in God's eyes. Uh, and the very reason this happened, uh, preachers has let down the standard. Uh, the spirit of prayer is gone from the church. Everybody shows up at church time uh, to come in and sing for two hours uh, and hear the word 15 minutes. Draw. Draw. Let me tell you something. This emotionalism ain't going to do one thing for you. People go to the church and hear the emotional song and they'll just cry and raise their hands and praise God. Let me tell you something. I can show you an old sad movie and make you cry. 
When I was a boy growing up, they had a movie called Lassie Come Home. Anybody watch it? But if you ever watched it, you'd bawl like a baby. I'm talking about boy or girl, you'd squall. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just because something pulls your heart strings and you cry a little bit and praise God and you you can leave the house of God intending to do better. But if there ain't been a word to convict you, if there ain't been a word to put a foundation under you, if there ain't put a word to put something in your soul and the Spirit of God had reached out and clamped hold of your heart and you ain't been taught how to live for God when you leave that church, you'll never stand. You'll never stand. Preachers won't do it. Preachers won't do it. Every day, brother. Every day you got to take time to pray and read that Word and ask God for your strength and your help. Every day. You ain't going to make it without it. There's too many powers. There's too many forces. There's too many pressures. There's too much uncleanness. There's too many demons of hell out there. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities, powers of the air. We wrestle spiritual wickedness in high places. Brother Paul, you listen to me. If you don't take time every day to pray and read your Bible, get you a family altar. I don't know who's in your home, but get you a family altar. You get around the kitchen table, you talk about God, you discuss the Word of God, you teach the Word of God, and then you pray. Are you hearing me every day? If you don't, you'll be right back in the same issues in two or three weeks from now. This thing will come back to you if you don't get something to fight it with. You got young kids, Sister Brandy. Are you hearing me? You take this word to heart. I don't know if you got a family altar or not. If you don't make one, you go home and tell your husband, say, look, for at least 15, 20 minutes every night, we're cutting the television off. We're gathering around the table. We're going to talk about the word of God. Then we're going to get down as a family and we're going to pray. I don't care if it ain't but 10 minutes. Let me tell you something. I've been married over 31 years. Me and my wife has always prayed. I've always been a man of prayer and fasting. But we have never prayed together. I mean, side by side. I've always went one place and prayed. She's went the other. The word that come forth in this youth rally was go back and create a family altar. The prophecy on 414 said gather in your living rooms, gather in your homes as a family. Discuss the word of God as a family. Pray as a family. Talk about God. You know what we've done every night? We knelt down at that couch side by side and we went to prayer and we prayed one for another. We pray for wisdom. We pray for understanding. We pray for God to knit our hearts together. To order our steps. Direct our paths. We have prayed for the overshadowed leadership of the Holy Ghost. We still have our separate prayer time. But we have created a family altar. And I'm telling you, it's changing something. The spirit of prayer is in my home. Greater than it's ever been. It's in my spirit. Greater than it's ever been. Why? I hearkened to the word of the Lord. I heard what God had to say. Are y'all hearing me tonight? I heard what God had to say. I'm preacher. I only hear this. Yeah, you do. I got God. I got faith. What about your wife and your kids? 
What you gonna do, Brother Thomas, if you out there on the job? You get a call like I got May the second, two thousand three. I was in Fort Payne, Alabama, getting ready to go to the church and have prayer meeting. My neighbor called me. And he said, This is Brother Michael, this is Michael who's next door. I said, Yeah. He said, What's going on? He said, Man, I hate to tell you this. He said, But your house is burning to the ground. And in shock, I just stopped and I said, Do what? He said, your house is burning to the ground. I said, where's my family? He said, ain't nobody home. He said, I rolled her and knocked on the door. He said, ain't nobody home. He said, but your whole house is engulfed. The top of it is just engulfed in flames. My heart sank. I called my wife. She had gone out to eat with her sister, which never happens on a Friday night. My son at that time was 14 years old. And his mama called him. Were you home at that time? Or were you out? She called him and said, do you want to go out and eat with your aunt, which is her sister? He said, when she asked him that, he said, if they go anyplace else but I hop, I ain't going. And he said, where are you going? She said, I hop. He said, I'll go. She went and got him. It wasn't 30 minutes. Y'all had me, y'all just got there, hadn't you? 15 minutes from the house. And I called her. And I said, you need to go home. She said, why? What's the matter? I said, the house is burned up. She just screamed. I had to drive three hours to get back. I didn't get in at 11 o'clock that night. There, Everything my kids had. My kids. My oldest daughter came in from college with some stuff in the room and wanted to visit some friends of hers. I think she just got out of college for that year. My middle daughter about to graduate. Her cap, her gown, invitations, every award she worked for her whole life, every stitch of clothes they had, every award, every achievement, gone in the blink of an eye. I knew it was a trial. Was it hard? Oh, you wouldn't believe it. It's what put my wife in depression. For two and a half, nearly three years, till God brought her out of it. She tells you she knows how to whip a spirit of depression with God's help, and she can minister to you and help you. She can help you. She's been there. Because God hid it from me for nearly three years. I leave my driveway and I get to the end of the driveway going to get building materials or do something. I just break down and cry, just bawl. I say, God, I need you. Help. I knew it was affecting me. I knew it was affecting her, but I didn't know how it was affecting my kids. It's up to you to teach your kids how to pray. It's up to you to learn how to pray yourself, to build a relationship with God on the foundation of prayer and study of that Word. You don't have to be no Bible scholar, but every day you do have to pray and ask God for His help and His leadership. And you do have to open that Word and ask God to open it to your understanding. I don't care if it ain't but 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day. I don't care what it is. You've got to have a foundation with the Lord. And I can tell you, if you'll start, it'll grow. It'll grow. It'll grow. People are in and out, in and out, in and out. Up and down. Bound and 
serving God. And then they're back bound again. And then they're serving God again. You know why? Church don't teach them. Church don't teach them. You say what you want to. You call me anything you want to. I don't care what you say about me. I teach people to pray. I teach them to seek God. And the Lord put this in my spirit. To preach here tonight. I didn't know what I was going to preach here. I just knew God told me to come. I didn't know what I was going to preach here until I come back from that youth rally. And the Lord told me. He said, you preach this. They're talking rock. And He said, you take this back to your church. Is everybody going to hear me? No. You ain't. You know why? The devil's going to convince you you don't need to. But you're going to get a few weeks down the road. Something will hit you. You're going to be calling on somebody to pray for you. It's all right to call folks to pray for you. But you need to know how to stand on your faith and your relationship with God yourself. You've got to know how to stand. You know, I was listening to Brother Ricky talk. He's known me ever since he was, what, 10 or 12 years old? How old was you, Sister Elizabeth, when I told you that when you brought me that glass of water, you wouldn't lose your reward? I was about 77, 78. I think I said, Brother Hand, he said, like 77. About 11. I've always been a man of prayer, always been a man of fasting, always lived upright, kept my life clean. Spoke that boy in his mama's womb. They've been trying for seven years to have a kid prayed for. Within a week, she conceived. Well, it was just an accident. Okay? What did you say? You was bow-legged? I prayed for when you was little. God healed you. Over in Rainsville when Daddy had that church. Yeah. And then over in Rainsville when I'm 94 or something like that. He's just a little fella. God healed him. I prayed for Brother Bill. I don't know how many times. Sister right here, his wife, prayed for him. I don't know how many times God's healed him. Y'all saw miracle after miracle after miracle out there in that tent in Jasper. Sister Stone right there had rods down her back. Couldn't even turn her neck. That turned her whole body. And I prayed for her. She started turning her head. Come back and testify. Sister Kathy's brother-in-law come out there and had that brace on his neck, fell off a roof and then operated on him. Prayed the prayer of faith for him. Come back. Next night testified. Said he went to the doctor a few weeks later. Said they couldn't even tell where his neck had ever been broke. Heard his sister testify. I can't tell you the miracles. And I can't tell you the signs that God has had me speak to confirm this word is right. I hadn't gone out. You hearing me? I hadn't gone out and committed adultery and fornication. I don't care how good a man can preach. I don't care what kind of gifts he's got in his life. That Bible that I read says be the husband of one wife. Is that what it says? Be the husband of one wife. Right. You keep yourself. You keep. I don't care what God's called you to do. You got to guard that calling. Yes. Amen. You got to guard that calling. You got to protect that calling. Yes. 
Because if the devil can get you to mess that calling up, you'll never fulfill it. You'll never fulfill it. Oh, you may have some miracles. You may preach. You may prophesy. You may talk in tongues. You may cast out some devils. But there's going to come a day the Lord's going to look at you and say, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Got serious, ain't it? If you're going to believe one part of the words, you got to believe it all. Amen. you got to believe it all. I believe in prayer. I believe in prayer. Amen. We're going to Isaiah 26. I'm going to give you this scripture maybe one more. I appreciate the word tonight. I'll probably hear some of y'all saying, Brother Metter, you know, we never heard you preach like this. Now y'all seen the evangelistic side. Y'all seen the the good side, the miracle side, the fishing low side. But I'm gonna tell you something. When God speaks to me, I don't have no choice. I don't have no choice. Whether you like me or not, when God speaks to me, I got to deliver the word God's put in my soul. Amen. I got to deliver the word God's put in my soul because if I don't. And my slackness causes you to err and die lost. God holds me accountable for your blood. I ain't guilty of no man's blood. I've not ceased for the 41 years I've served God and preached the gospel to preach the word straight. And press. sometimes I've got to preach it hard. Sometimes the hard word makes people don't like you. But i got to have the Lord's approval. More than yours. Amen. Amen. I gotta have it. I gotta have his approval. More than yours. Like I said, if I say something gets on your toes, you either better say amen. 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 And if this word reproves you, if it chastises you, which chastisement means instruction and correction. You better take it with a right heart. You better take it with a right spirit. But you go out here tonight and talk about me. Talk about this word. Say that's wrong. Because I'm going to tell you something. God trying to spare your soul. God trying to spare your life. I'll tell you this by the Spirit of the Lord. The Lord's dealing with your daughter-in-law. He's dealing with her heart. If you'll take this word right here, and you'll begin a family altar. Yes. It won't be very long. Her and Josh both get saved. Amen. Give your heart to the Lord. I'm telling you about the Spirit of the Lord. You hear me? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you, that's what I the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I know. Thank you, Lord. I know. Say, how do you know? It's like I know things. See, y'all don't know the Spirit of God works in me. I can walk up to you. There's times I can tell you what you're thinking. Your mouth can be saying something completely different. I can tell you what your heart's thinking. Why? I can perceive the thoughts of your heart. Don't stand up and tell me one thing to my face and think another thing in your heart. I might just call your hand on it. Say, can you really do that? Ask some of the people in the church. Ask some of the folks in the church. You used to be standing there telling me how much you love me and how much you think of me. And I'm not, I'm just... I know Brother Thomas loves me. I know Brother Thomas ain't going to think nothing evil of me. 
to their feet they'll tell me how much they love me and appreciate me and I can read the thoughts of their hearts but they can't stand the sight of me <laughs> calling themselves a Christian sinner lying to my face it's time to set your house in order it's time to set your house in order I'm telling you calamity's coming did I tell y'all where to go Isaiah 26 just want to be sure I told you Verse 20. Come, my people, enter thou into their chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of His place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. I'm fixing to bring this to a close. Two different times in those prophecies, the Lord He spoke and He said, If I roar out of my place, He said, If I roar out of my place, he said, I will not stop. He said, till my wrath has been avenged. And in the prophecy a couple weeks ago, he said, pray that I don't roar out of my place. God don't delight in wrath. But this nation as a whole has turned its back on God. Amen. You got a banner, you got a sign, you got a plaque that said, God bless America. Roll it up. Take it off your walls. Because God ain't going to bless America as a nation anymore. He's going to bless the righteous that seek Him. But America as a whole has turned her back on the Lord. She's fixing to be turned into hell, says Susie. America's fixing to be turned into hell. You say, why? The Bible said the nation that forgets God shall be what? Turned into hell. Everything our Political leaders' past is against God. It's against religion. It's against freedom of religion. Y'all can't see the attack on Christianity in this country. And what do Christians do? We sit back and stick our head in the sand. We better start praying. We better start praying. Because I'm telling you, persecution's coming in this country. You name the name of Jesus, you fix and suffer for it. You name the name of Jesus, you fix no jail for it. You say, won't happen in this country. Oh, yeah, it will. Oh, yeah, it will. Oh, yeah, it will. That newsletter I told you hanging right there on that wall, I spoke in 2009 after God visited me after 30 days of fasting. It tells you the shape the economy's in right now. That's four years ago. In June, when God spoke that to me. June 28th, four years ago. God spoke that to me. It tells you exactly where this nation is today. Anybody want to see God turn things? Anybody want to see God move? Anybody want to see God really in your home? Go home build your family altar. Go home build your family altar. I'm going to tell you, when you got kids 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, you can't even talk to them about God in your home and you claim to be a Christian when there's all kind of godly music coming out of the rooms 
and you're allowing it. When you walk up and go in your, in your daughter's room and there's posters of young men and young boys and movie stars and singers half naked. Walk in your son's room and there's half naked women plastered all over the wall and you allow it. There's something wrong with your relationship with God. You do what you want to. You keep sinning. You keep ignoring God's Word. You keep walking away from God. But as for me and my house, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You don't serve God a week at a time, a month at a time, a year at a time. You serve God one day at a time. I hope nobody's sinned since you've been sitting in this church. You can go an hour without sinning. You can go two. If you can go two, you can go three. If you can go a half a day, you can go a whole day. If you can go a whole day, you can go another day. You don't have sin. No, you don't. You don't have sin. You don't have to. Jesus conquered and destroyed sin in the flesh. Y'all hear me? Everybody can quote the Scripture. John 8, what is it, 32? You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It's in there somewhere. 32, 34, 35. It's in there somewhere. And whom the Son is made free? What does He make you free from? What does He made you free from? Oh, well, Brother Matter, my sins are forgiven. Let me tell you something. Jesus didn't pay the price He paid just to forgive your sins. He paid the price He paid to give you victory over sin that you don't have to sin. You don't have to sin. He did it as a man. That's what the Bible says. He abolished sin in the flesh. So he can't do it. He can't. Yeah, he can't. He had the Spirit of God living in him. He's given us a measure of the Spirit of God. We can beat this thing. We can beat this devil. But you got to want to. you got to want to. you got to have a heart to serve God. If you don't do what I'm suggesting, you don't get an atmosphere of God in your home. When you come from your home to the house of God, what are you bringing with you? What are you bringing with you? You ever come in the house of God and man, sometimes they're just a flow of the Spirit and God can move and other times it's like busting concrete. You know why? People come out of their homes where there's no presence of God, no Spirit of God, no atmosphere of God. And they come to the house of God wanting God to do something and they're shackled down with all these spirits. And the ministers have to war against it. Praising God don't start in the church. It starts in your home. It starts in your home. Amen. He said, come my people. He said, come in that inner chamber. Shut yourself in. God's telling us to shut herself in. Because I'm going to tell you something. Indignation, which is wrath and anger, is fixing to hit. God's indignation. God is angry at the sin that's in this generation. And everywhere you turn, 
You can't talk to people. Amen. You preach a word like this in a lot of churches, people will shut you down. The pastor will shut you down. You won't be welcome back. And then they'll go out and they'll have you for Sunday dinner. Mm-hmm. They'll have you for Sunday dinner. Y'all go ahead and serve me up any way you want to. Because I'm going to tell you something. I've delivered my soul tonight. And ain't none of his blood going to be on my hands. Amen. Amen. Ain't none of it. Tell me calamity's fixing to hit. Mm-hmm. You hear me? Some of you fixing face things. If you don't get a family altar, if you don't get a relationship with God, you ain't going to be able to stand. I let my son preach at our church tonight so I could be up here because God spoke to him. He told all them young people down there. He said, when tragedy hit our family, he said, it didn't just affect mom and daddy. He said, it affected the whole family. You don't realize God put you in a trial. It's going to affect everybody in your household. Everybody in your household is going through it. So soon you got precious kids. They've grown up quick. The blink of an eye seems like almost. I know you love God. I know you're real. And God's real to you. And I'm not criticizing. But do they know how to pray? Do they know how to pray? That's something we as parents got to be sure of. Not does she? I know she knows how to pray. I understand that. I knew how to pray. My wife knew how to pray. But my son and my daughters, they knew God was real. God had healed them many times. They'd had many miracles. They'd been in tent meetings. They'd been in church. They'd seen miracles. They, they, oh yeah, God's real to them. They love God. But I didn't teach him to pray. I was still paying for it. You hear me? Oh, God's going to bring my girls in. He brought my boy in. God told me, well, God didn't tell me he's going to bring my girls in. But see, I'm having to weep before the Lord. And ask God to forgive my ignorance. But see, that was, I wasn't taught. Nobody taught me. But you ain't going to be able to say that. Nobody. See, my daddy was a man of prayer and fasting. My daddy was a preacher. My mom and daddy loved God. My daddy went home to be with the Lord in 2004. My mom's still alive. Loves God. Reads her Bible. Prays. But nobody taught me to pray. Six kids in our family. All of them serving God but one. God was real in our house. I didn't go to doctors when I grew up. Mom and Dad prayed for us. God healed us. We needed a need met. They prayed. God brought food in. God brought a car in. I've seen God do miracles. More than just physical. I've seen him do financial miracles. I've seen my mama gather us around a breakfast table one morning. Didn't have nothing to feed us. And said, we ain't got nothing to eat, but we're going to prayer. And while we was praying, a lady knocked on the door. Said God woke me up at 5.30 this morning. I don't know you, never seen you. God told me where you was at. Give me your address. She said, the whole truck of my car is full of groceries. And that's great. 
God was real to my mom and daddy. God was real to me. But I didn't go out to pray. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Are you hearing me tonight, church? Amen. Don't make my mistakes. I'm not proud of what I've done. Could I go out and have a revival win souls? Oh yeah. Could I go to the mission field? I'd go to the mission field. Spend 30 days over there and see nearly a million souls saved in India. Preached at 20 and 30 and 40,000 a night. See God open blind eyes, unstop deaf ears, heal the lame. See 20, 30,000 a night stand on their feet and confess Jesus Christ as their Savior. But my own kids didn't know how to pray. Something was out of order. I made God vow last year. I said, nobody in my church, ain't no minister, ain't no family, ain't nobody in my church. Did you come to our men's meeting last April? This is what we taught of. was family. Getting the family back to God and I preached this in the church. I come up here and preached on it. I come up here and preached on it. Touched on it one night. Said some of these very words. God told me to bring it back. I tell you this time. You better hear what he's saying. Don't you go out of here and say, Brother John, preach good. Don't you go out of here mad at me? Don't you go out of here with the wrong attitude? You better go out of here saying, Thank God somebody told me the truth. Somebody stood up. Because it's time for the ministers, the priests, to weep between the porch and the altar. Joel 2.17 it's time for the Lord's ministers and the priests to weep between the porch and the altar and say, Lord, spare your heritage. Because I'm going to tell you something. You know what the whole world's wondering? Where's America's God? Where's the God that made her great? Where's the God that made America great? Y'all hear me? Right now, there's floods that started in the Midwest part of our country. I told people more than that six months ago. I said I saw catastrophic floods, unprecedented floods. Ain't never been the like in history. They just started. This thing fixed to get bad. You know why? People have forgot God. You said God don't do that. Let me tell you something. The Bible speaks of the goodness and the severity of God. God is good and merciful. And of great kindness when you love him and serve him, you turn your back on him. That's what Ezariah told Asa. He said, as long as you seek him, he'll be with you. He said, but you forsake him, he'll forsake you. God's not going to keep blessing this nation for it to be ungodly and unclean and unholy. God's not going to keep blessing America as a whole. He's going to bless the righteous that serve him. But God is not going to bless. You'll, you'll hear what I'm telling you? I'm fixing to bring this to a close. I'm fixing to give you the opportunity to pray. I'm fixing to give you an opportunity to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. If this word ain't cut your heart, if this word ain't got a hold of your heart, something wrong with you. Why? We say we love God. 
There's no atmosphere of God in their home. Well, Brother Miller, I got a sinner husband. I got a sinner wife. I got. <laughs> Turn the heat up on them. Get in prayer. Get your kids around the dining room table. Get them in the living room. Turn the TV off. Take the video games away from them. My God, the very reason some of these kids got the spirits they got is the filth on these video games. Yeah. And they got their head in it day and night. And these spirits get in them. Do y'all not know spirits are in all these things? Do y'all not know spirits of anger and violence and rape and murder are in a lot of these TV shows? Amen. Do y'all not know that? And you pop the mess in your living room. Lord showed me a man one time was watching pornography coming to church. And I went to him and I said, Do you realize what you're doing? I can handle it. I got what it takes. I said, Yeah, but does your 12 year old son and your 13 year old daughter have what it takes to fight that spirit? They don't even know what they're battling. Next thing you know, they're going to be standing up saying, Mom, I'm queer. I'm gay. Why? You let the Spirit come in your home. Let the Spirit come in your home. And two boys up there in Ohio had that bright future in front of them, football players, athletes. Went out and got drunk, and that young girl got drunk, and they raped her. Now they're in jail. Their, their future's ruined. Their names on law enforcement, records, and they're registered sex offenders now. They stay with them for the rest of their lives because they made a stupid mistake. Why? Somebody didn't teach him to pray. Somebody didn't teach him to pray. Somebody didn't teach him to pray. Is everybody going to hear me now? I got people in my own church on here. But I got people in my church that will. Yes. Say, Brother Matty, you just don't love people. Oh, yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, I do. You don't preach like this and not love people. If I didn't care about you, you go do what you want to. I care about you. I'm so glad to see Angie tonight. I've known that girl ever since she's probably uh, 10, 11 years old, even younger. But you know what people don't like about Brother Matter? I get on your toes. I get on your high. I remember just before, since Teresa died, I was preaching in their home. And Angie was sitting there with a young lady and they just <coughs> talking back and forth. I didn't know who she was. Boy, she's about 12, 13. Yeah. Yeah, because your mommy used to bring my meat and some bread. I mean, she brought Brandy, brought her, brought all them kids. And they come to my meat an hour, hour and a half before church started and went pray. That was my standard. People ask you two things about Brother Metter. Brother Metter's a praying man. Brother Metter has miracles. And the word he preaches is straight. I heard some little young lady sitting there just talking. I was up there preaching. I just stopped and looked at him. And I rebuked him right there. Why? Well, let that kind of stuff go on in the house of God. Well, it was their home. That made no difference. It was having service. I've seen preachers stand on the pulpit and just let young people go everywhere. Don't do it in my meeting. Don't do it in my meeting. Especially under my tents. First night says Susie came to my tent over in LJ, I think it was 99. 
mean, his first night she was there, some little kid out there playing in the salt and just had toys and throwing sawdust everywhere and just tearing on. I walked out and took the platform and that kid out there just throwing sawdust everywhere and playing and just having a good time. I said, I don't know whose kid that is, but you get him set down in this house of God. Woo! Grab that kid up out of that tent. She went, <laughs> mad at me. You get mad at me for See, that's what happens with people. You better listen to this word tonight. You better receive instruction. You better receive chastening if it's chastens you. Because if you don't receive chastening, you know what the Lord said about you. You ain't his son. You ain't his child. You can't take correction. You ain't God's child. Amen. It's time for the ministers to go back to prayer. It's time for the families to go back to prayer. Don't know what your calling is. Don't know what God. Don't know what, how God's anointed you. But I'm gonna tell you something. If your life ain't clean, if you ain't living according to that word, I don't care how you can preach. I don't care how you can prophesy. I don't care if you can grow a leg on Susie every morning for breakfast. I ain't got a lick of confidence in you. I want to know you're living clean. I want to know you're living by that word. You're walking up right before God. There's preachers, people eat them up. I won't walk across the street here and preach. I just won't do it. Why? Their life ain't right. Their life ain't right. It's why people don't like me. I raise that standard. I hold it up. I won't back up from it. Y'all hear me tonight? The watchman is cried. The watchman is cried. I warned you. Instructions fixing to hit this nation. Instructions fits in some of your homes. Are you going to be ready for it? Are you going to be ready for it? Are you going to be ready for it? I'm going to sit right down here and I'm going to pray for just a couple minutes. If this word has touched your heart, right there where you're sitting, you need to bow your heads. You need to ask God to forgive your sins. You need to ask God to give you what it takes to go home and build your family altar. Brother Thomas, you come get this and pray with him just a minute. Let me get my strength back. Just a, just a few minutes is fine. Yes, let's just reach out. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we come before you. God, we just pray. God, you give us this word. God, God you put it in our hearts. God, you help us, Father God. God, as we come to you, God, take us back to your hands, God, take us back to a place, God, to rebuild and all of God, Lord, thank you. God, you call this nation, God, this country, this place, God, back to prayer, God. Oh, Jesus. God. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Speak, God, to people. Get over the hearts
Oh, God, turn the hearts of your people to prayer. Wash our sins away, Lord. Forgive our slackness. Forgive our lukewarmness, Father. Oh, turn it around, Father, turn it around. Turn the hearts of your people, Father. Lord, turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, Lord. God, bring this restored. God, put the family altar back together, Lord. God, restore the family. God, let there be a spirit come in the homes of the people, Lord. God, together, together, pray and bring a unity of the family. Bring a unity, Lord. Bring a unity in the families. God, I don't care. God, if it's mom and daddies and kids or grandkids, Lord, I don't care. God, bring that unity of the Spirit. Bring it in, Lord. Bring it in, Lord. We've got to have this foundation, Lord, in the family, God, that we can get it in the church. We gotta have this foundation in the family, Lord. We gotta have it, Jesus. We gotta have it, Lord. Help us, Lord. God, every day, Lord, every day, every day, put it in people's spirits every day, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. God, I sit here before you this night, Lord, and I say my hands are clean. My hands are clean tonight, Father. I'm guilty of no man's blood. God, that's heard this word. God, whether it be in here, whether it be my CD, God, however they hear it, my hands are clean, Lord. My hands are clean. I preached your word, Father. I've done what you told me to do. I've done what you told me to do, Master. Search the hearts of your people, God. Search their hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Right now, Father, create in us a clean heart. Will you pray this with me, O Lord? Create in me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit within me. Father, forgive my trespasses even as I forgive those whose trespass against me. 
Give us, Lord, a spirit of prayer in our homes. Give me the strength, the courage, the discipline to build an altar for my family. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You believe that? Amen. You believe it? God help you. God help you. Amen. God will help you. I'm going to take just a minute. I'm going to receive the offering. And I'm asking y'all to help me. I'm going to be on the road a lot in May. I don't know when I can come back this way. I'll just wait for God to speak to me. I got several places already that God spoke to me to go. And I'm going to be on the road a lot in May. I need y'all's prayers and I also need your help. Because traveling ain't cheap. I mean, you get out on the road and go and you eat on the road and you have to spend a night in a motel, you bought up a hundred dollars a day. Easy. How I many of y'all know that? Easy. That ain't 